Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Can It Be Funny? I am JQ and on this hot and humid day we have the wonderful Taco. Let's crack straight on. So Taco. Taso. Taso. Is that how it's... Is that how it's no. <laughs> <laughs> I just mix it up. Uh, I get bored of the name I've invented for myself. <laughs> so, so you did it yourself. So I'll change it. God, pretty much, man. Ah. The first girl I ever kissed thought I looked Mexican when I was 15. <laughs> and uh, two of my friends were there. But then I'm like... Hang on, two of your friends were there? Two yeah. of my friends. It was a scouts camp. No, they were, we were all having sex with her. No. <laughs> uh, no, we. that was my first kiss. It was at a scouts camp. December the 10th, 2016, I think. <laughs> That's yeah. the future. I, no, sorry, 2006. 2016. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> He's never kissed a girl. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Her name was Sarah Heyer. Shout outs if she's listening. Uh, and we were at a scouts camp and then we traded, we had little like lanyard things with our names on the scouts camp. It was a really good camp, man. Super <laughs> splash at the end of every year. It was like summer and whatever. <laughs> and we traded lanyards and I had her lanyard sitting on my table in my parents' house for like, you know, another few years. Yeah. Just every now and then I'd be like, oh, Sarah. She'll call me one day. What happened? No, we had a brief, like she was from like two hours out of Adelaide, but she came with her mum for like a week in the summer. And we ah. spent we spent a day frolicking at the beach while her mum like watched <laughs> in the summer. And then she emailed me like two weeks later and was like, I love you, but it's not going to work. You know? Yeah, man. <laughs> it was tough. Well, that's one of your future Edinburgh shows by the sound of it. Yeah, which must be. You know, I remember my dad, uh, I went to my, oh, Sarah, I hope you're not listening now. I went to uh, my uncle's birthday that year mm. and me and this Sarah girl were like technically still like dating or whatever. Like I'd seen her twice, but we, she hadn't sent me that email yet. And then there was a girl at my uncle's birthday. It was like my auntie's piano student uh, called Alice something. And... Uh, I like got I like got her phone number. She like wrote her phone number on a piece of paper, and we're like, ooh. And my mum was afterwards. My mum was like, oh, don't you have a, a girlfriend, Aiden? And my dad was like, <laughs> hey, mate, listen, you know, you got it while the going's good. Get it in because you never know when a drought's around the corner. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> good advice to your fifteen-year-old son. So let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Comedy. Were you doing comedy before you came over here? Yeah, man. Yeah. Two years in Melbourne. Yeah. How, what, what's, uh, what's Melbourne like compared to? Pretty good, London. man. Nothing compared to London. There's no gigs outside of the city. Ah. Well, there are, but there's no people, you know. Is there anything outside the city? Yeah, no. Nah. Like, the closest towns are like a three-hour drive kind oh, of thing. No. And they, all all those places have gigs like in London, like in, like in the country of London. <laughs> but, uh, there's, yeah, they're just so far away. And so all those gigs are taken up by people with profile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is there more people out in Melbourne? Uh, there's people, four, say, four or five million people in the city of Melbourne. Is there? Yeah, it's a big city, man, but it's real spread out as well. Oh, okay. It's a pretty big... All cities in Australia are pretty big driving cities. Right. And uh, there's like public transport as well. But like the thing, the thing about the scene in Melbourne that I do miss from time to time is starting out there. Cause I, so I did comedy there for two years. I'm like starting out, you've got your group of people just like in London, but there's fewer people on the scene. And so you really know all the people that you started with and it's a lot more accessible because there's no real progression to pro. You right. just, the only way to be pro is if you're on TV or radio and you get you know paid gigs off the back of that. Yeah. Um, so people that have been going for six months are hanging out with people that have been going for six years okay. and they're, you know, and you meet those people and you hang out with them and you become friends and like everyone does all the gigs in the city. And then like a bunch of people will meet up somewhere at like some late night Chinese joint or like bars. Before, yeah, yeah, man, it's sick. It's so much fun. Uh, and there's not really that in London. Uh. Right? There's none of that. Because everyone's like, I gotta catch my tube, I gotta work. <laughs> you know, people have jobs in London. It's fucked. There's nothing wrong with having a job. No, I f- <laughs> fuck, man. I work 45 hours a week here. I work like 12 hours a week in Melbourne oh, and have like the same lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Probably slightly better in Melbourne. Yeah. So, what made you decide to come over here? Mm. It was an accident. I, uh, uh, you, you got the wrong plane. I, mate, I just got on a tram and now I'm here. It's fine. <laughs> you get home. Uh, I've been saving, been saving to get home five pounds a month. Um, no, I, I got on um, this 
some guy that I met in comedy was like, hey man, do you want to go do this thing that I did last year for the university game? So like all the uni students in Australia go and play sport somewhere in Australia once a year, you know, like the games. And uh, it was in the Gold Coast and there's a company called Icebreak that make like iced coffee and like cold, like ch- fucking flavoured milks and shit. Mm. And they had a thing at the games. It was like a big advertising thing where there's a big inflatable thing and you throw rugby balls through holes and you get points. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the winner gets money. And that was running all week and they needed someone to hold a microphone and commentate on it. Okay. And so my mate put me onto that job. So I got to do that. They paid me a grand. Is this after doing the comedy for two years? Yeah. yeah this yeah. was in October 2013. So it was like a year and a bit after I started. Yeah. And uh, they paid me a grand and they put me up. They flew me over there. It was amazing. Like, it was incredible. I'd never... And I'd never had $1,000 before yeah. or since. And uh, so I was like, I don't want to just, like, fritter this away. So uh, I used to date a girl from France and I still pined for her because <laughs> I'm a lonely soul. And so I bought a one-way ticket to Paris. <laughs> and then as it got closer, that was July 15th or something. So that was October was the job. Yeah. I bought the ticket for July because that was like as far in advance as you're allowed to buy them. I was like, I'll do that later. Um, and then I never had $1,000 again. So I didn't have enough money for a holiday. Ah. So I figured I got to go somewhere and get a job. And the only way to do that is to get a two-year visa. So I got a two-year visa for London. And yeah. I'm here. Did you end up in Paris at all? Yeah, no, I went to Paris. Did you Did you find the girl? Uh, yeah, she lives in Geneva. We had a trip. We fought, uh, you know, we had our thing. And then it kind of like that was, we put a nice little full stop at the end of that story, <laughs> man. Like, yeah, she's great. She, we're still really good friends. But uh, yeah, that was a really nice trip. We went, yeah. like we drove around France for two weeks and got in a car crash and it was sick, man. Yeah, nice. Was yeah, I've been to Geneva. It's quite nice. Yeah. I did the motor show, but we had to, we had to have our hotel in France. Yeah. Because it was so booked up with all the people. That oh, was, really? Yeah. yeah it was I imagine it's also cheaper to have your hotel in France, right? I wasn't paying for it, so... This girl and a lot of other people, like her family, they grew up... She grew up on the border of France and Switzerland. She is born and she's French, but they all work in Geneva and then take the Swiss francs back to France. Ah, minted, man. Nice. It's a great way to live. Nice. Yeah. So when you first landed in London, I what, did, what was the first gig you headed for? Oh, ho, 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 how downstairs. long did it take you to meet Dangerous too? So, um, I actually, I landed in Liverpool... And I didn't like it. Didn't like Liverpool. Uh, that was in uh, like just the start of August, I guess. Yeah. And then I had a friend in Blackpool. So I went and visited her and I did not like Blackpool. And I was like, I oh, maybe I don't like the UK. Maybe I just don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> not thinking that Blackpool is like the worst <laughs> fucking place in the UK. Yeah. And Liverpool is fine, but it's not great. And uh, then <laughs> all of this, if there's any Liverpudlians, what are they called again? Scousers. <laughs> there are any of them listening like, you fucking cons. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I went to Edinburgh and was like, oh no, those places are fucked. Edinburgh's gorgeous. Yeah. And um, so I came to London and I walked from Victoria Coach Station to my hostel in Marlebone when I first got in. And then I walked from Marlebone to fucking downstairs at the King's Head, Crouch Jesus. End, because right, I didn't okay. have any money for a yeah. oyster. And it was like a two and a half hour walk. That's a long way. Yeah. And uh, I got there and Gary Sansom, who I knew from Australia, somehow, I don't know how, got me to get on that night and I fucking sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I ate shit. And the MC of that show, Jez, I can't remember his last name. I did a gig with him a year and a bit later and he remembered me and that I sucked. Amazing. So you you thought, I'm going to carry on doing this though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like... I'd been doing it for two years. Yeah. I thought at every step of when I've been doing comedy, I've thought I'm like two years better than I actually am. So I got here and was like, I should probably be pro in like six months. Right? <laughs> I'll probably be in, you know, I'm <laughs> just waiting to where do I collect my bag of money? Oh, I'd be amazed. I thought I'd be much better than I am now. <laughs> I know it's the worst. Oh, isn't oh it? This, that'd be easy. Yeah. Don't these people know? Don't they know that I'm of all of the beautiful thoughts that I have in my head? I know. I've got. I'm going to try a load of new thoughts tonight, and they'll probably be terrible, but it's uh, (laughs) it's still fun. Um, Have you had to change your comedy for the UK audience? No, man. I just. uh, I mean, I just spit the truth. You know, that's all I'm about. (laughs) It's just truth anyway. So 
the truth is the same where I hate myself. Uh, <laughs> the no, the, I used to have a joke. Um, this is the like the example because I don't really do like pop culture references, but there are still references that you don't even realize you're doing a reference yeah. until you go somewhere else and they don't get it. So my first joke that I ever wrote that was good was uh, about like the rat's tail haircut. Oh yeah. So yeah. in Australia, if you have that haircut, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and so the joke was um, when I see someone that has a rat's tail it makes me feel like they're saying to me see how long I've been growing this rat's tail that's how long I've been a dickhead and that in Australia is a fine joke yep. and over here people are just like well, what's wrong with rat's tails man <laughs> I don't mind a rat's tail you know people they're didn't really rare. get it they're very rare yeah exactly but in Australia it's kind of ubiquitous shit cunt haircut ah, okay yeah that's like, it's like a chavvy, really chavvy haircut. Not Brogan. Mm, yeah, Bogan. Bogan. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to reference correctly. Exactly. So my um, <laughs> sister-in-law's Australian. Yeah, is it? Yeah, okay. she's from Tasmania. I've never been to Tassie. No, nor have I. No. And I probably never will. This is too expensive. <laughs> yeah, she's in uh, Melbourne right now. Isn't it interesting doing a podcast that we were chatting fine before, and we still are, but it's like, it's still... There's still a little wall There's between wall. our conversation. It's weird, isn't it? What could I say to impress people? <laughs> you know? There's no need to impress anyone on here. No one's listening. So no, no one's listening. <laughs> no one cares. No one cares. Do you have that hammer still? Because I need to open my beer. Hold on. What's happened, guys, uh, any of our Scouser audience still listening, is that uh, I've brought two beers uh, and we didn't have a bottle opener, but James has a toolbox, and so I've opened it with the uh, I've opened it with the claw of the hammer. Just leave that there in case I need to kill someone. Talking of killing, how's gigging going? <laughs> <laughs> Great segue, <laughs> Quinton in command. Um, I have done this before. <laughs> mm, mm. So yeah, all right, man. Yeah. I've got some good shows yeah. here and there. I feel like every as long as you've got like a couple. A couple good shows every month that you can go, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be good. It makes the other ones, you know, you got the impetus to go out every night and do those other ones and go, this yeah. is what I'm working towards, man. So your, what are your good shows that you're looking forward to? Um, so in the next couple, well, I've got my farewell show. I'm doing oh, yeah. an hour. I'm actually doing my last preview tonight at the Barley Mo in Shoreditch, I believe. I don't think this will be out in time for them to get No, I mean, it. that's fine. I mean, I'm just telling you. No, I don't give a fuck about the audience, man. This is us. <laughs> We're chatting. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be nice, doing a preview of that. And I've got my farewell show on the 22nd, um, which is in a warehouse, and it's me doing an hour about this guy that I lived with last year who yep. was a con yet, yep, that we'll I wrote the that novella later. about. Yep. Um, I've got, I'm doing, so there's these two guys, uh, Nick Banks and Matt Fong that are doing like a tour. They're like, they're like big ish or they're like club comedians. They do the club circuit yeah. and they've started doing their own tour, booking dates every Friday, Saturday. And, uh, I'm emceeing for them on occasion. Um, so those are cool shows. Nice. Those are always really cool. I've done two so far. I've got two more coming up. They're really cool shows. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you find, uh, writing material? Do you have to do specific stuff for those gigs that you then have to practice somewhere else. You just no, it. man, I just go and I just go and do the stuff that I normally do. Yep. The stuff that I write about is just uh, my best stuff is always if I'm really annoyed about something or if I'm really upset about something, there's a point after I've been pissed off for like two weeks, I'll be like, Oh, I should be writing jokes about that. <laughs> and then I write those jokes and, uh, that's normally the best yeah. stuff because I care about it still. You know, I'll always care about it because that's a thing yeah. in my life. And that's where the catharsis come from. <laughs> and that's what's really good about comedy is we can heal. Exactly. Yeah. Talk about healing. Yeah. Stuff about your your old man. Uh, what stuff? Well, when I first saw you, you were talking about how you found out who your dad was. And now you've since you've met him, is that right? Yeah. No, I... Uh, so, I mean, I've got all material about this yeah. that I'll try not to do right now, but yeah. my mum my mom, uh, was backpacking around Colombia and met a guy and they had sex to some extent and <laughs> she came back to Australia and found out she was pregnant. So I never met that guy. He's Colombian, but I never met him. Uh, but I've got a stepdad and that's my dad. known him for my whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, but in October last year, yeah, we, I, my parents, my mum and stepdad split up last March 
And then after that, I was like, mum, let's find this Fernando guy. Yeah. And she found him and I spoke to him on the phone and he's, he's, he's slightly, he's a bit odd to be fair. Yeah. But I mean, I know who he is now. Like that was, I was always like, if I never, like I always in my mind was like, one day I'll, I'll do it. I'll find him. You know, it's like fucking doing your taxes and shit. One day I'll find this guy. And, uh, I kind of tweaked that like I, go, I better do it now because what if I decide to finally search him out and then he died six months ago? That yeah. would just be the worst. So I was like, fuck it. If not now, then when? So now. The interesting about you is I don't think there's that many comedians out there that's doing stuff about their life, but then it's interesting enough to carry on talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like no one's got life stories like the stuff of your dad. The first time I heard about you, you hadn't met him. Sure. And they had met him. You've also got the stuff of your house flatmate that yeah, was a carrying yeah, yeah. on saga. I don't know if anyone else has got like a continuing just theme. dumb shit that happens to them. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because I'm really lazy. <laughs> like I'm too I'm too lazy to uh make my life better. <laughs> <laughs> so I let my life be shit. And the one justification I have for doing that is like, well, at least I've got good stories, yeah. right? You know. <laughs> when something happens to you, do you, how long does it take? Do you think I'm going to make something out of this? Uh, well, sometimes I'll make something. It just depends. Like there's a bunch of stuff that's happened to me that I don't talk about on stage. Yeah. And then like right now, the new joke that I'm doing is about this. Uh, I walked in, I live in this warehouse now and I walked in the other day and some lady was telling a story about her housemate dying of a heroin overdose. Right. And I'm, I'm talking about that because that was just an interesting thing. But like that, kind of weird. there's fucking whack people in my house every day you know <laughs> but it just only sometimes do i go that was kind of funny as opposed to just being like sad or boring yeah yeah it's great my life is so boring compared to some people's i feel like it's just the stories that you can tell though right it's true like i don't know oh well, maybe i like to i like to have um interesting stories to go in into otherwise what would i talk to people about exactly yeah exactly oh, and i work in the cafe and i work with the same people five six days a week yeah so i better have something to come in with <laughs> <laughs> or else we're just like oh i'm making coffee again sick all right yeah. is you there know. rivalry in the cafe to have the best story no no, no i'm uh, fuck i i hate i keep thinking like I'm just going to come off as an asshole, but I, I like the center of attention in the cafe to be on me. So I like to come in and have the story, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I feel like people, li- even if you're like, yeah, that's cool, man. Cause we know each other, but I feel like if anyone's listening, they're like, this guy is a narcissistic <laughs> asshole. Well, we all are, aren't we? We're all talking about ourselves. Yeah, I guess. Exactly. Um, <laughs> did you always want to do this talking about your life comedy or did you ever try and like one-liners and all that sort of stuff. No, I never tried one-liners. But like when I started, I used to do... Um, actually, I never realized it was quite like this, but uh, a friend of mine told me back in Melbourne that apparently when... Like my stuff, what it looked like when I first started was it looked like I was doing poems. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because I remember I saw... Um, the reason I started comedy was that Bill Hicks documentary, American, the Bill Hicks story. Right. And he was 14 and I was like, fuck, he was 14 and he started and I was 20 and I was like, I can fucking do this. Yeah. And uh, there's a bit that he does in that that is about his ex-girlfriend and he's talking about, I'm driven now after she broke up with me because I have this fantasy that she's in a trailer park with her husband and this whole awful thing. And the last line is, just before she drowns in that puddle of vomit, she turns to the TV and I'm going to be on it. <laughs> and it rhymes. And I've... Fuck, man, I loved that so much yeah. that for the first six months of doing comedy, all my stuff was like rhythm. Like, it wasn't funny. <laughs> it was just like me writing things that were, yeah, like pretty much poems. Yeah. And just getting angry with a rhythm and a cadence, but it wasn't funny. And when did you go, hang on, this isn't working? Uh, I don't know. I remember Melbourne Comedy Festival 2013. I remember consciously thinking like, I think I figured out something about joke writing. Which, looking back, means I think I figured out that you need to do jokes. This needs a punchline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yeah, needs you, to be funny. Did you do the uh, festival? How yeah, does it compare to Edinburgh? No, oh, man, it's so small compared to Edinburgh. Yeah. There's 480-ish shows in Melbourne, and there's like 3,000 in Edinburgh. Yeah, it's right? mad, isn't it? Edinburgh is like the whole city transformed. Yeah. Um, yeah, Melbourne's cool. There's not really a free fringe to speak of. I did. There's. <clears throat> I think maybe they have two venues now. Um, at the free fringe, 
it's called uh, Station Fifty Nine is the first one. That's like Ground Zero, which is a pub that I used to live above. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that there's this one guy Kieran Butler who runs all that stuff. But it's very they have an open mic night, which is their uh, they run on the Wednesday. That's like their comedy night. But it's really like it's very open micy. Well, from what I remember, anyway, that's yeah. like the f- first gig spot. Go there do that and then after a while people kind of don't really go back there a bit like the Cambridge Arms yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah except there's no real bringers in Melbourne no, nothing's really a bringer no. which is kind of cool yeah I'm not a fan of bringers I can understand but... actually the one bringer that there is is the only comedy club in town their open mic night is the Tuesday so they run six nights a week the Tuesday is their open mic and that's a four person bringer four what <laughs> <laughs> so it's I can like I find four people that want to come and see mine yeah exactly Jesus man. god yeah, I mean, no, that too. place is okay. It's they do what they do. They cater yeah. for a different side of the thing, but they're yeah, man, four people. It's brutal. Mad. So, how often are you gigging a week over in London? Uh six or seven a week. Could is that possible? You could have done that in Melbourne. Five a week in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's more than. But Melbourne, a lot I of like, I, I mean, I'll do like music open mics and go and do comedy there. Oh, how do you find that? Uh, yeah, good man. Yeah. I mean, it's people that you got to prove yourself, but once you prove yourself, they're in. Yeah, you know. So you got to you get ten minutes normally, sometimes even fifteen, and you got to um, go on stage. People will be talking and stuff, but it really helps you figure out how to say "shut up and listen to me" without saying "shut up and listen to me." Ah, is this one of uh, Taco's secret tips? Yeah, man, that's this is the holy grail. <laughs> if anyone's made it to the eighteen-minute mark of this podcast, you fucking twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. Well, look, that's my internal count is pretty good. That's why I don't wear a watch on stage. <laughs> Yeah, I've done a few musical ones, and it was great because there was literally four comedians on that night. Yeah. And that was it. And oh, were... I mean, four is even too many. Where'd you yeah. do it? It was over in Finsbury Park. Manor Arms? Oh, oh was it? Oh, years okay. Ago, yeah. How long I'm... have you been doing comedy? Just over three years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I said I should be much better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... I thought you might have been talking about um, The Hideaway. No, not gone. That been Sunday, for a long time. That Sunday uh, was the the music of a mic was my favourite room in London. Yeah, uh, but Colin doesn't run it anymore. Colin Devaney was is a fucking gem of a person. He's so great, and uh, but he doesn't run that anymore. A new guy runs it, and it's not like, uh, the new guy was pretty cool actually that I met. But it's not. It got infested with comics. There were too many comics doing it, uh-huh. and comics are. Like, bless us, but we do not bring much to a show. No. <laughs> We're not buying drinks. We're not bringing people. It's not special for us. Yeah. You know, it's just go and do the thing. And so when, like, me and Faye Tracy and Callum Ross and Joe Grant rock up at the hideaway and there's <laughs> with no entourage in tow and, like, you know, we do our sets and then go up and drink at the bar, it's yep. like, oh, God. <laughs> So that's not running on Sundays anymore. No, it does no. run on Sundays, but a different guy runs it. Ah, okay. So it's been, it's like clean slate. He's brought in his whole his people crew, that he, yeah. like musicians that he knows. I went down there. The guy was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a different vibe. So what efforts have you done to sort of get yourself out of just doing these same old open mic gigs? Uh, that kind of thing, like doing music shows, just yeah. doing things that other people aren't doing. Okay. Right? That's what I want. If I go to a show and I don't know anyone there, I'm like wicked. Yeah. I'm doing the right thing. You know, uh, and trying not to do the same places all the time. Like I do get jealous sometimes of guys that are doing like Angel. You know, they'll hang out at Angel all the time for like a few months, and then suddenly they're allowed to do, like fucking Valeria McConey, Man is on Angel all the time, and I and he goes like I saw him the other night, and he was like, yeah, man, I do Angel every Sunday, and I was like, fuck, why aren't I doing that? Why should, I should be hanging out there? But at the same time, then you get used to Angel. And, you know, some people were hanging out at whatever clubs they're hanging out at, but then you get used to that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely don't hang out at the same place uh, just because no one likes me. <laughs> <laughs> no one will have me. <clears throat> no, I, I definitely try not to fit in with a... Definitely try not to... Um, you try not to or you just don't? I, try, <laughs> I don't want to be in a clique. Yeah, know? I know it's what you mean, tricky. Man. I mean, there's a, you kind of fall in a little bit with certain places... But then you see other places and you think, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want to be like, I did a certain gig that was in Liverpool street 
like two years ago. Yeah. And someone came on stage and did a joke about the guy that used to run it a year before that. that hadn't yeah, been there, yeah. And everyone was laughing. Yeah, that's like, that's retarded, man. The only people that would laugh at that are people that knew about this stuff a year ago. Yeah. So this is all just comedians. That, uh, to be fair, there is an argument for playing to the crowd though, right? <clears throat> if you know, you like as a comedian, your job is to make the people in front of you laugh and yeah. whatever thing is going to make them laugh the most, that's what you should be looking for. But having said that, you shouldn't be spending your time writing jokes that only one group of people is going to like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in, I suppose if you had a, a string of bad gigs, then you go somewhere and go, I'll just do this and then it'll make me feel better. Yeah. Is it actually helping you? It shouldn't make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you should feel bad that you're not doing proper jokes. <laughs> What's been your um, favourite gig so far when you've just gone and just killed it? Oh, mate, I did Angel Saturday last on just the weekend just gone yeah. it was so great so the new the new angel I haven't been there sick yet. man it was wild um, what all oh, the stand I did the three stands the Red Raw shows oh, yeah, they yeah. were ridiculous and then I went and did Piccadilly the next weekend and the first show I kind of ate my dick because I was <laughs> used to walking on at the stand in front of 300 people going thank you thank you yes and then I got to Piccadilly and I was opening and I was just like oh I don't give a fuck yeah. you know Piccadilly is even it's a good club like it's a it's a great club but it's not the stand like yeah. It's so weird, the highs and the lows, you go and do Angel in front of 120 odd people and you're like, this is amazing. And then the very next day, you'll be in front of six comedians and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally, man. Why am I doing this? Yeah, the stand was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Piccadilly was Friday, Saturday and I can't remember what I did on that Thursday, but it can't have been very good. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, oh, you know. Yeah. Yes, it's great when it goes well. Half of the thing is just being, feeling like you're meant to be there or feeling like whoever's running the thing. Like I remember doing the the last stand gig was in Newcastle. I can't remember the name of the MC, but he was so great. He was like the local, like one of the guys in the Newcastle stand and he was like a, a 20 year comic, you know. Yeah. And he just made me feel so welcome there and like I was meant to be there. And that's half of it, man. If you've got the confidence of like, I'm meant to be here. Everyone of the establishment wants me to be here. They want me to do well. You go on stage with that swagger. But if you feel like you're, you know, like some sniveling Oliver Twist, like, is this, is this, this is going to be good enough? Then you're going to eat dicks, you know? Yeah. How, what do you, yeah, I, something I struggle with is the pre-gig routine. Mm-hmm. What do you do uh, on the... As you're arriving at a venue, do you do anything? Uh, do you think or? Well, I, I don't know about arriving at the venue, but I know uh, there's a point leading up to before when I'm on, like in like once the show's started, uh, it's always a good sign if I catch myself uh, thinking about the set and stop and then just go, remember to have fun. Just remember to have fun. You know, you know all your jokes. It's fine. If you don't remember them, then they weren't worth remembering. You're not going to do them this gig. Yeah. Just have fun enjoy it and if I don't remember that before I go on I come off and I remember that I didn't remember that and I go oh fuck that's why that didn't go as well as it could have I always keep thinking to myself you need to go on and and slow down I never remember to slow down yeah I've got all this stuff I want to tell you oh it's going to be brilliant yeah man (laughs) and it's like I don't know, even getting on stage, like I try and there's that like Zen moment of clarity, like the gong when they call your name and it's like, (laughs) and you walk on and like I try and have no thoughts in my head. And then as soon as I say my name, that's when I start just going like the first thing you think of, right? Try and get a laugh without the material starting. Because if you can riff into a laugh, then they know who you are, Yeah. right? And then your material has got to be more like have more context to it because they if you riff you're like that's exactly who you are you've not written that or premeditated it it's yeah. just you and then when they understand that the material makes more sense so do you make sure when you're at a gig do you watch the show before you go and or are you just yeah. sort of standing outside totally yeah? man yeah or else you're fucked if you're not watching the show that's crazy that, yeah so do you do much doubling up mm. <clears throat> nah oh mm. i would like to but I don't, I'm not in a position to double up. Like, I, the, <laughs> I can't get two gigs in a night that I would like to do them both. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I either have one gig that I want to do or one gig that I'm like, I'll do that to do a gig. <laughs> There's yeah. not two gigs that I want to do. I used to do more in Melbourne because it's a smaller city. Yeah. But uh, yeah, London, no. I, I would like, when I come back, hopefully if I get my visa to come back, 
uh, if I'm doing comedy full time, I'd like to maybe start doubling up to like a paid spot and a, and a not, you know, that's what like fucking that's the pro comedians are doing in central London because the pay's less, but the gigs are close together. Exactly. So let's move on to your visa situation. Mm-hmm. So you're leaving, but then now you're coming back. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was such a good intro. <laughs> fucking. Listen to the cadence of that. Lead on. And now you're coming back and the ball's in your court. <laughs> Fuck, that was good. Um, so, yeah, my visa, my two-year visa runs out uh, on the 1st of August, which, what's the date today? The 12th yep. of July. So, tray, tray soon. And uh, I am leaving the country. I'm going to go to Edinburgh and just uh, hang out and watch some shows. How are you going to Edinburgh? Second week. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many people that are in Edinburgh that I've never, you know, the last two years I've been just doing sets like a selfish comedian and not really caring How about dare anyone else. How uh, Now, like this year, I'm like, fuck it. I just want to go see all of the shows of people that I've never seen that everyone keeps talking about. Let's go see those shows. Who you so, get, who's on to the top of your list? Uh, Stuart Lee, duh. Yeah? Yeah. Do you um, hold him in quite high regard? I love Stuart Lee. I don't like anyone who fucking imitates Stuart Lee on stage. I think it's a bane Have on the you British seen comedy that? scene. That's what I heard when I first started doing comedy. All people will start imitating Stuart Lee, but I can only think about one or two. Yeah, I mean, there's a few, but there's just people who like uh, take his ethos towards comedy about like... Um, like they treat it like a play right you okay. know I've got to build my character and do this and subvert that and it's like you know Stuart Lee knows how to write jokes right <laughs> like you got to do that first it's like jazz you got to learn to fucking play yeah. properly and then break the rules and he even says in his book like you have the audience has to understand that you're doing what you're doing intentionally so they can understand it in a different way yeah Fuck, I'm such a wanker. (laughs) Yeah, I want to see Stuart Lee. Uh, I would love to see Kitson, but I feel like it's going to be all sold out. But I mean, I'm so bad with names, I can't think of names, but I know I'm going to get up there and I'll just look through the guide and go like, oh yeah, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, you know. Names that I've heard, but uh, that I've just not seen them. Yeah, there's quite a few, yeah. Yeah, man. And most of them will even be in free venues, just like big free venues. Yep. Yeah. And I'm writing an hour right now, which unfortunately is going to be filmed before Edinburgh, but I'm going to go up to Edinburgh and see how everyone else has done their hour and go, oh, fuck, I should have done it like that. <laughs> You're not going to do the coward's hour then? What's the coward's hour? 45 minutes or 40 minutes. I think, oh, I probably hour. will do the coward's hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't That's get... great. I've never heard that before. What about... <laughs> I really like that. Because you can't get nominated for the newcomer award if you're doing 40 minutes. Mm. I'm doing about... It comes in at about 50. It, it's been coming in at previews yeah. at about 40, 45. Um, but that's after I've emceed the room beforehand, brought my support act on, come back, and then started. Yeah. So with emceeing and with the couple new bits that I've just put in, it'll probably come to about 50, 55. Yeah. Sounds good. But, I uh, don't even think I've got that much material if I said it all yeah. out loud. Yeah. I want to... Yeah, I want it to be like a clubby... Um, I fuck the whole story arc thing. I've got a vague like theme to it, and the st- but it's mostly just jokes and stories one against the other with segues. That's what I want it to be. So like American can, comedy, American comedy. So you yeah. can take a little bit and then just do five minutes somewhere. Yeah, yeah. man, I can do all of it as Bits. that's how because that's how I've been working it out in ten minute sets. Yeah. So what are you going to do when you have to kill all of that material and start uh, from I'm just fresh? just not going to kill it. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing it. Keep it on life Fucking support. Some of it will be stuff that like there's a, a chunk about um, living in the UK and then yeah. not getting a visa yeah. that I can't do. It's not even true anymore, but I'm still doing it. Yeah. Um, and then there'll be... Yeah, there's a bit about London being stressful that doesn't work anywhere else. I've tried. I tried it in Dublin. They fucking they just did not get on board. Didn't like it? Nah. They were like, <laughs> even though I was trying to make it about Dublin, like, oh, big cities are pretty crazy, right? And just, they can tell that it's not about Dublin. It's just about <laughs> fucking London. Um, so I was above a chicken shop. We don't yeah, chicken yeah, shop. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so my visa, so I'm... Uh, I got to leave. I'm doing that. I'm doing a bit of traveling, getting back to Melbourne in September. But then just recently, I've got in touch with this guy who's gotten a bunch of other comedians, their visas. Like apparently his roster is just like almost every working North American comedian in the UK. Um, and he, yeah, he's the guy to go to if you want to get the wolf. sponsored. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. It's your man. So I've got in touch with him and I dropped the right name. I think it's the right amount of money. <laughs> it also is money as well. Yeah, you got this, you know, he has his admin fee and there's the fucking paying the government and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm going to come back yeah. in hopefully January with a visa that means that I can only do comedy. I can't have a normal job. So I'm just going to have to go full time, which is fucked. That's good though. Yeah, it is that good. forces you. Yeah. Is it good to have a force? Yeah, man. You to do just stuff? kick you out of the nest. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, because that's the trouble I've got. I don't have anything forcing me to do comedy apart from my love of doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's slightly different. Yeah, you got that plan B, son. I don't want the plan B. Though. Yeah, I know. That's the thing, man. I remember watching an interview with Hedberg um, or listening to, he was like an interview on his car phone. He's like driving his car. Yeah. And the um, the interviewer on the radio <clears throat> station said, what if you got one piece of advice for young comics? Um, he said, don't have a backup plan because all the people that I know that have backup plans took their backup plan when the shit got tough and it got too hard and they bailed. Yeah. But I never did because I just didn't know what I was going to do. So I kept doing it and now I'm, you know, I'm doing it. Yeah, the thing about me is my backup plan isn't quite working. So yeah, <laughs> your backup plan is this this office that we we're talking about. Yeah, well, I've been here for ten years, so that's wild. That's great. It's that's, mental. Man, ten years. I was in my twenties when do, I was here. Do you have yourself a little party after ten years? Because you don't have a boss, do you? I am the boss. Yeah. Did yeah. you? So what did you? What did I, you do? Ten years. I t- didn't do anything because I have no money. Oh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been bad. Five year anniversary was great. Yeah. Had like, all the clients around went to a a, um, a vodka bar around the corner. Sick. It was great. And you were minted at 31. Yeah. And yeah. now, taking a hit. Taking that a was hit. that financial crisis, man. No, I don't Not. know what it is. It's just it's just a massive combination of lots of different things, but it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, sure. And it's not very good for comedy. Uh, no, it's great for comedy. <laughs> pain, that's perfect for comedy. <laughs> oh, guys, I'm not getting paid £500 a pound day for anything now. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good for comedy, man, having a shit life. You should talk about that on stage. You should talk about your fucking office with, what's that, Maxi Muscle? Maxi Muscle. Oh, there's so Rubicon. many jokes in that. What's this guy standing in a crucifix? People love that. <laughs> They're, yeah, I don't, that's another client we've lost. Oh, Maxi Muscle. Yeah, don't have them anymore. Oh, no. Don't have Rubicon anymore. Fuck. I know. They were the big hitters. To be fair, I've not heard of either of them, so you can't have done that good of a job. Ah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> I, just, I just do the editing. I don't do the writing and the directing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's what I was talking about though, right? Yeah. Something sucks. Start talking about it on stage. And that's... Uh, Vents cometh catharsis. Yeah, see, I've tried. To, see, my personality on stage is a nice, chatty, happy guy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I do anything that's slightly off of that, they all just don't go for it. Unless maybe you just need to write the jokes better, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was fucking rude as shit. That's the end of this uh, like, podcast. Yeah, I bet you could make it funny, right? Because that's yeah, I'd like I'd st- jokes about Lego. Loads of jokes about Lego and it's all fine. And yeah, yeah, I've got the Star Wars Lego jokes and it's funny. But then if I start, I had a bit about uh, making a Lego dildo for someone. Sure. Ribbed for her pleasure. Sure. And they just didn't go for it. It, They've never went for it. And someone even came up to me after the gig and said, it doesn't fit with your personality. Really? So I'm like, oh, okay. Who told you that though? I can't remember what, it was a couple of years ago when I was doing it. And um, see, I find it really tricky to do anything negative yeah okay and i've got stuff about i want to try about um have you ever watched a kid's play they're rubbish they're yeah, absolute rubbish yeah, yeah. i can't do that because my, i'm such a nice you guy you can totally do that no you don't need to be a nice guy on stage though if that's what makes you laugh in your life <laughs> then that's who you can be on stage yeah. i guess it's just you got to strip away that layer maybe the nice guy is a defense mechanism for you because you want people to like you and you're scared that they won't but i bet they will because oh, everyone's got anger and business this might be nice hearts. to you so I can get the secrets out of you yeah <laughs> the secrets of um, fuck I don't even know I was going to call myself some names but I don't have the strength to the sugary rush from that biscuit hasn't kicked in yeah yet. no <laughs> he's two beers in you're not the first person to drink on the podcast are yeah you? I know I fucking won't be the last no no man I try and um, the the thing that makes you laugh off stage right mm. that's what you've got to do on stage it's like if you find yourself telling a story to heaps of people that's why if I find myself telling something to everyone I'm like I should be telling this on stage because what is that but just you know that's exactly what it is isn't it when messing around with your mates in the pub yeah trying to recreate that on stage yeah it takes 
I think I can just about get there sometimes. It's just like social interaction en masse. Yeah. Right? It's like a bulk. That's why it feels so good. Yeah. Because it feels nice to tell you've made a story. Yeah. Imagine telling a hundred of your mates a story at the same time and even have a hundred friends. How do you cope nowadays when you say something you know is funny and they just don't give you anything back? Uh, Are you able to roll over it and just carry on? Well... Or does it kill you inside a little bit like it does for me? <laughs> Normally, the thing that gets to me more than uh, them not laughing at a thing that I know is funny is if I know they didn't like me. If I do a set yeah. and I know that even if the jokes landed, you know, f- at some level, they didn't like you. Like, you can tell if they didn't like you and you were one joke away from from it turning. Yeah. Um, whereas sometimes none of your jokes land right, but you know they liked you and you're like, this is great, man. I just, I won them over. That's yeah. the whole battle. Such a tricky fine. It's such a fine line, isn't it? Yeah, man. And you got to do it real time in front of them. Yeah, it's like juggling balls. It was like that. I did um, party piece that we were talking about. I did that last night, and I was too like, I didn't know there were all these like really really new people, and I didn't know any of them. And I think I went on too with too much of like cockiness or whatever the fuck it was. I just yeah. I didn't, they weren't on board and I wasn't having fun yeah. because I felt trapped behind my jokes because I didn't let it breathe at the start, you know? I've done that at um, Cavendish. I didn't do the Cavendish for a long time. I fucking hate the Cavendish. Yeah. I've never done well there. <laughs> and I, thought, I, I thought, I'll go down there and I looked at the list and I thought, I don't know any of these mm-hmm. guys. I'm going to win the cup. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's on, such a trap, isn't it? Died on my ass. Didn't even get to the clap off. Like, yeah. What the hell happened yeah, there? Man. So yeah, weird. it's because of that. It's because of that attitude. You come yep. in and you go, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's what I came with because when I ca- even when I came to London, I was already two years in. So I was yep. like, "Ugh, who the fuck?" Is, you know, I'm two years in, bitches. Yeah, and then that's when you die. And I, yeah, I've done the Cavendish three times and I've sucked all three times. <laughs> And I just won't go back there now. Yeah. I don't think my ego is like uh, <laughs> humble enough to go back there and do well. <laughs> oh God, it's crazy, isn't it? So, what's your um, what's your biggest crowd so far? Um, oh, probably the stand, probably yeah. the Newcastle stand, three fifty, or maybe I did the Brisbane Powerhouse in twenty thirteen. Uh. Yeah, I can't have been very good there. I did not do well, but that's a really that's like a converted power station. Oh right, gee. And there was probably about three hundred or so people there, but I I didn't do well. I sucked. <laughs> have you ever done the Gong Show? Yeah, I did the Gong Show. I got four fifty two. Oh, why didn't you get <laughs> in? Um, I have, I started doing my chlamydia story. Okay. And uh, I'd already got two cards, and I berated some guy who gave me my second card and was like, "You're a fucking idiot!" And they all laughed. And then I started doing my chlamydia story, and then the third card went up. Oh. And the MC was like, "Four fifty-two," and they all went boo. <laughs> and from the back of the room, I went, "You're a fucking cunt," <laughs> and I got a laugh. So. In my mind, I won. <laughs> John Long won that night, actually. And fucking look what he's doing now. He's killing it. Is he the guy who does the guitar? You know John Long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Guitar yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah. He's very good. Old, uh, old guitar John. Oh, he's yeah. a murderer. <laughs> yeah, do you ever see someone who just go, oh, why can't I be that good? Yeah. And uh, that's a trap as well, isn't yeah. it? My, oh, the worst thing, the thing that I'm trying to tell myself more and more lately is... Uh, do you ever get that feeling when you do a show and someone walks in and you're like, oh, I better do, I better impress them. Yes. And then you tailor your set for that person. It's like, why would you, I'm trying to be more just myself in every gig because if you be in like competitions as well, like if you be who you think they want you to be, then you've got to continue to be that person Yeah. and that's not you. So why wouldn't you show them who you are and they can take it or leave it? And yeah. if they leave it, then it wasn't meant to be anyway. Have right. you um, done many competitions? I j- um, no, I just no? did Laughing Horse and I got to the semi-finals this year and I probably shouldn't have because the fucking, my heat, I didn't do very well in the heat, Is that but I got wild-carded. Pay, you have to bring a mate who pays? No, no? Th- I think that's Laughing Jester maybe or La- no. Laughing Horse is Alex Petty. That's yeah. um yeah, that's a good competition. Yeah. I should have done more though, I think. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a pussy. <laughs> 
Yeah, competitions aren't for me. I've never done well in competitions. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? You just got to figure out how to be yourself, drop the pretense, drop the trying to impress yeah. people and just go in there and go, this is, I'm going to actually show you what I do every night rather than show you what I think you want to see. Yeah. How do you remember your material? Because I go up, go there thinking, oh, I've got this, this and this to try. Go up there, it just disappears. Uh, I write it in my book, like from memory. So I'll go like, this is, okay, I'm going to do that bit and I'll write it out joke for joke in yeah. my book. And that's like rote learning. Yeah. Yeah. And do you record your gigs? Yeah. Do you watch them back? I listen to them back if I do well. <laughs> Just like the opposite like of what of you're supposed now. to do. Uh, if I really bombed, uh, I'll try and force myself to listen to it. To work Just out to, why. Yeah, to work out what we But normally you walk off and you go, I'm pretty sure I know what happened there. You know. So know. now I'll just listen to it if I did well and see which laughs were where and that helps me with remembering it and the yeah. rhythm for next time. I had an interesting one. I was filming this these showcases and I, I asked if I could do five minutes. So I got a decent video of myself that I could send out. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was doing the gig, I forgot where I was going and I knew I was forgetting where I was going and it felt like an eternity. Yeah. But then when I watched it back... You couldn't tell. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long. It's weird. Yeah, man. So, reality versus what you think happened is very different. Yeah, man. It and felt it... like I was just staring at them for about five or six seconds. <laughs> it's literally that and none back into it again. But you just were freaking out in that moment. It was like yep. bullet time. It doesn't look like it, though. You can't You can't tell. Yeah, well. Are you using that now for... Yeah. As a showreel? I've, yeah. I've tweaked it a little bit. Cut out Yeah. <laughs> just a fade. Just, just a nice fade. There's a couple of jokes didn't land, so I just cut those bits out. Yeah, sure. Because I was filming it with multiple cameras as well, so you can't... Oh, yeah. a lot of promoters want an unedited showreel, though. Do they? Yeah, that's ah. a thing. Yeah, you want it unedited. That's what I, that's I always what they're going to get. <laughs> um, yeah, because then you could... You could do exactly what you did, right? And they want to know that you... That's true. ...go through the whole thing. Or they want to... Even some promoters, like, won't book you if the, unless they've seen you bomb because they want to... I mean, that's like a further on thing for paid oh, work. I've got loads of videos or, if they want to see me bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, if they haven't seen... I can't remember who it is. I heard on a podcast that there was a, a promoter who won't have you headline unless they've seen you bomb because they want to see how you cope with that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is fair, I think. That's great. I mean, I've not actually... This is a person that I've invented in my mind that doesn't exist. <laughs> but, like, imagine someone saying that they've never bombed. You're like, how are you even a comedian? You I know? don't think it's possible. you got to bomb, man. It's great. You'd have to be mentally insane to say you've never bombed. Yeah. What's your worst bomb ever? Oh, it was probably Angel, where that I came off stage and they no one would look me in the eye. Angel, no, that's bad. <laughs> that's such an easy room. <laughs> that sucks. Years ago. I think that's it brutal. was after I've been on after Tony Law. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hard bomb. That's hard. brutal. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's horrible. What happened? Five. What was the start? They just didn't want me. They just, yeah, they just had ten minutes of Tony Law being awesome. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, hey, it's just nah, oof, nah, yeah, not good enough <laughs> on your bike. Oh, I've man. done well since then, thank God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, but yeah I mean, that's a room though where like Barry understands, right? He's not going to be like, you bombed, you sucked. Like, I've been back on since. So, yeah. Exactly, you yeah. know what I mean? Like he's, Barry's not someone to be like, oh, if, you, if I saw you do bad, that means you're bad. Like he knows what's <laughs> up. Uh, what, who's the, what's the worst death you've seen anyone have on stage? Mm. That you, you've reveled in. Oh, oh! I never, I never revel in someone doing bad, man. It's awkward. Comedy is so great when it's good, but it's an inherently stressful art form. So yeah. when it sucks, it's so bad. You know, I don't even. I like sitting at the back at open mics, not because I'm scared to get picked on, but because I want to go to the bar or go to the toilet like yeah. every two acts. Because every two acts, there's someone who's just like, I literally can't watch this. I actually like, I've, I cannot watch this happen because it's so <laughs> fucked. And it just takes your energy and you're like, yeah. Yeah, it's the ones that don't have any energy that I find excruciating to watch. Yeah, or just someone who doesn't make you, like, they're not easy to watch. Like, it's good, even if someone's not funny, if they're easy to watch, if you can listen to them say whatever things they're saying, Yeah, that's, that's like half the battle, right? 
And who's been your favourite? You've gone, oh, this guy's going to go somewhere. Um, you don't have to mention names. Just... I, I could tell you my favourite comedians in London. Yeah. I love I love Russ Hicks. I love uh, uh, Darren Harriet. It's fucking awesome. Don't know him. Bobby Mayer. Mm-hmm. Bobby Mayer's fucking great. Um, who's more at our level? I'm trying to think. Ishan well, Ishan's fucking oh, he's killing great, yeah. it right now. Anyone that you see at those Leicester Square Club, like the uh, like Top Secret man. Whenever you go to Top Secret, you'll always see at least one person that you're like, yes, you know. Can I have them killed and take their yeah. jokes? <laughs> <laughs> or like, can I get an hour with them where they're not bored of me and I can fucking ask them questions? So as you're heading back to Australia, how would you sum up your time on the open mic circuit in London? Fucking sick. <laughs> and to translate, he means good. <laughs> yeah, it was good, man. Uh, I, I hope that... Um, more people than not don't consider me an open mic act. Do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. If I can, if people don't consider me an open mic act anymore, then I've made some progress. Yeah, that's why I asked you on here because I think you're above that. Okay, sick, good. All right. Yeah, good. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Just uh, it's been it's it's been um, great to learn the different skills of honing material and working in front of different audiences because there's so many gigs out here. And now I want to go back to Melbourne and uh, be in a city that doesn't hate its inhabitants for a minute. <laughs> what, what would your advice be to anyone doing it right now? Don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's so comedy's easy, man. Just don't be shit, you yep. fucking idiot. No. <laughs> the best advice that I ever got was from uh, Nick Cody. Um, who's an Australian comic who's a fucking murderer. If you don't know him, look him up because he's, he's like supported fucking Bill Burr. Yeah. I think he supported Jim Jeffries. He's, he's amazing. And uh, I saw him in Edinburgh, last Edinburgh. I was at the loft and uh, he was there with, I don't know, some like his fucking producer or something. And I went up to him and was like, oh, hey, Nick, like we did, you know, he was in Melbourne when I was in Melbourne. Yeah. So we know each other vaguely and I was like, Hey Nick, what's going on? Like, Oh, you know, you're doing so great. And he was asking me, you know what I was doing. I was like, Oh, I'm doing these gigs and that gig and this one. And like some, you know, middles and some opening twenties. And he'd stopped and he was like, okay, yeah, cool. You having fun? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like, that's so easy to forget because you're so wrapped up in like, do these jokes and talk about this and try and connect with power. Oh, fuck. I just bumped the microphone and everyone's <laughs> going to miss this profound. <laughs> it's so easy to forget that you just, we're doing this to have fun, right? Yes. Got to enjoy your life. Cause comedy is just part of life. It comedy is. is not your whole life. It's just a thing that you do to foster enjoyment. Exactly. And I'm out. <laughs> if you could drop the mic, he would. He's on the stand. <laughs> And finally, where do you see yourself in a year's time? Uh, living in a squat in London, making just enough money to live from comedy. Isn't that what you do now? <laughs> I don't live in a squat, though. I, p- I pay for my fucking awful living standards. <laughs> well, that's it for me. And that's and that's it for me. See you later. Mwah. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you want to listen to some more podcasts that I do, go and check out my website, jamesquinton.co.uk forward slash podcasts, or come and see me do some stand-up. That would be nice. There should be a gig list on the website as well. Thanks.